you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of 1 John. Uh, that's where the Lord's got me this week. Uh, as, uh, as we look back on last week's occurrences, uh, I felt like that, I felt like that's where He wanted us to be this morning. 1 John chapter number 4, and it's a very familiar scripture to, to everybody that's, that's said in the church or read your scriptures. Uh, uh, and the heading of my Bible is simply this, uh, God is love. Uh, the title of, of, of this morning's message, if you want to go ahead and title this, is it's understanding God's love. Uh, how well do we understand what God's love means to each and every one of us? Now, now there may be some of us in here this morning that think we are professionals when it comes to God's love, but let me tell you something. Uh, we fall short of that mark, uh, I believe, uh, uh, every single day of our life uh, because we sort of misinterpret what God's love is all about because it ain't about God's love. It's telling us who God is. God is love. He's telling us that, that the Spirit that created heaven and earth is love. Not a, not a fleshly being, not a person, uh, uh, not anything like that, not a prophet, uh, uh, not, not nothing at all, but he's telling us God is love. And as we get into the morning scriptures this day, and after we read this, uh, we're going to see just how it applies to our lives here today. Because if we can apply that to our life, uh, we'll have life and have it more abundantly. And I believe that with all my heart. We would be a better people, uh, not just a church people, but a better community and a better state and a better nation and, and a better world if we could see that uh, and, and uh, there's been many songs written in the past years about love and what it means uh, uh, some of them good some of them bad but, but it still has love as the basis of it so if, if all these songs that's been written and all the, uh, the, the, the relationships that, that has been developed over the past 20 years per se or say 50 years let's go that being about further than that if it, if it means something, there's a reason why it means as much as it did. Now, I remember back, uh, it's been two or three years ago when me and Kathy met, uh, I, I fell in love with her pretty quick, and it didn't take long. But that, didn't, that wasn't who God was. See, uh, he didn't have anything to do. He may uh, supply, supply the relationship for me and, and for each and every one of us that found our spouses and the ones that we loved dearly. Uh, uh, we, we fell in love with them, but that wasn't who God is. What God is, God is the love that we have for our spouses and for each other and for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's who God is. Because without God, there cannot be no love. So if you would stand in reading of reverence of God's Word, we're going to begin reading in the seventh verse and probably read the rest of that chapter. <coughs> in the seventh verse of of the fourth chapter of 1 John, it reads as follows. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we may have life through him. The very love I'm talking about. It says here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time, and if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has not seen, how can he loveth God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment hath we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Father, thank you for this precious scripture that we read here today. I pray we understand what God's love is all about toward us and who He is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, it has not been no more evident in my eyes and, and those that were there what God's love is, is and what it's about. As Kathy and I stood around the gravesite Wednesday morning. I seen what God's love was all about. A family that was hurting so bad, but could yet stand right there and sing praises to God's name. And be able to understand and be able to endure the pain that they were going through, that they put that second to what God's love was all about. Now I'm telling you, that was a living and standing testimony of what God's love is all about. I say the scripture tells us God is love. Well, I'd seen right down there Wednesday, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning what God's love looked like. You know, we have a tendency to get too confused what love is and what God is. See, we, we think that God is love, but not only is He love, He is love. He is love. He is the reason to have that. If it weren't for God, there'd be no love. Because we couldn't love with one another because there'd be no way that God would dwell in us if God didn't exist. And if God don't dwell in us, how can we put forth the love that, that God put forth for us in the giving of His Son for our sins? Scripture tells us here in the, in the fourth chapter that, that He sent Him for the, the atonement of our sins the perpetuation of our sins, the sins that Brother Dean, you and I commit, Brother Tony, you and I commit, Brother Clarence, you and I commit, and everybody else is here today. The sins that we commit in this world today under His fleshly tabernacle that we're able to call a body, He sent His Son for the atonement of these sins that knowing what we were going to commit. We may have not have committed them yet, but He knew we was going to. 
So what greater love hath God for us except Him being love Himself? He tells us in the, in the 7th Thursday, He said, Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another. Now, I know that may be hard for a lot of people to understand and, <laughs> and get past, but uh, once you can get to that pinnacle of your life, and be able to love one another as, as we would love ourselves, our lives are going to be a whole lot more better and easier for us to live. And that's why God instills that love in us. He said, For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Now don't get confused. Just because you know and love God don't mean you're saved. Don't get that Christianity messed up because that don't have anything to do with it. It's just telling us, who God is. God is love. And if He's in you and in you, the love of God is in you because that's who God is. So don't get the two confused. He tells us that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. The hate and the pain and the suffering that we see in our lives today is pretty evident that the love of God is is getting much more out of God's people than it used to be. And you say, well, now that ain't not what's causing this. Let me tell you something. If you could get to the basis of what's causing all of this, it's because they don't know what love is. Because, Sue, they don't know what love is because they don't know who God is. And if they don't know who God is, man, they're missing the mark. When I said, when I stood down around that casket a Wednesday morning and them kids sung to the top of their voices, uh, thanking God for all that, that He had done for them and, and what was going on there at that particular time, uh, yes, their hearts were broken. They were sad. They had lost their papa. But I seen 16 kids uh, standing around that casket a Wednesday morning and sung their hearts out because their patriarch uh, that installed God into their hearts uh, and into their lives uh, and the love that God can provide for you in your lives. I've seen what that could do to a poor family and to a family made all the difference in the world. Sister Carlin asked for prayers for her family because a lot of her family's not in church. She talked about her mother admitting herself into the eastern state and we have ties of that too, Sister Carlin. Mom's sister was in eastern state for several years because she was supposedly crazy. So it meant a lot to us. But she's seen what her sickness was. They wouldn't know God in her life. And if they wouldn't know God in her life, they couldn't have been a lot of love. Not God love anyway. It could be compassion for her children and compassion maybe for her husband but the love of God was not in that woman until she was saved by the marvelous grace of God because she was able to understand and realize then just exactly what God was God is love nothing else but love it says in this was manifested the love of God toward us in other words it was made clear to his people what it all meant it said that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we may have life through Him. Now that's where we're getting into the salvation part of this. Because of love slash God, because of the sacrifice He made for His children, we were able to have life through Him. And because we could have life through Him, that means we were able to be saved through God's marvelous grace. And His grace was Christ Jesus our Lord. 
That's what it's all about. That's why God is so important to our lives. You know, uh, the world today is, is so quick to, to pass off who God is. Uh, they want to <clears throat> pass up the God uh, uh, era of this world, if you would, and get right to the Jesus part of this. Well, let me tell you something. All this is put together just specifically for Jesus. There's a path and a trail we had to go down before we got to the Jesus Christ part of this. Amen. There was many and much things happened to let us know what A, what sin was, and how we should live our lives, and what should be going on, and knowing what the importance of what Jesus Christ was into our lives. Because if we did not know why He sent His Son to die for our sins, what good is it to us? I've said many times, He didn't send Christ to this world to, to destroy the law. That ain't why He did that. He sent Him because it would be fulfilled, I believe, and, and the prophets, and, 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 but not to destroy the law. That ain't what this is about. But the love the world is seeing today is a different picture than we've got. You know, there's people getting married in churches today has no idea what love is. You know why that is, Brother Dean? They don't have no idea who God is. Don't want to know. They figure if they get married in a church, it, it, it compromises everything that, that, that's going on in their life. So if, if they get married in church, all's going to be well in love and war. I beg to differ. Marriages are falling apart today. And when they're joined together in the eyes of God, supposedly through the mouth of the pastors that, that are doing their tithes, if he is even even making that part of the, of the marriage ceremony anymore, a lot of the times these, these preachers just making these marriage ceremonies, these people who's getting married, Brother Clarence, they're coming to us and say, listen, I need you to do me a favor if you right. would. Don't bring God up into this. Right. Now I know we're in church and I know we're in a sacred place in a sanctuary and there's so many things that we don't need to be doing in here, but let's don't bring God into this. Because I just, I just feel a little bit uneasy. You know, my, my husband, he's never been to church. Or my wife's never been to church. Let's don't bring it up because we're making it uneasy. Well, let me tell you something. That's the perfect time to be bringing it up. That's when they need to start hearing about God. Because if you're going to get married to somebody and you're going to come as one, as the Scripture tells you, if, if both of you don't know Christ from the free part of sin and don't believe in God, it's never going to work. Never going to work. It's bad enough today that, that there's marriages that those that proclaim to know Christ as their Lord and Savior are failing at numerous rates. If you don't believe me, look how many grandparents are raising their grandchildren today. Look how many grandparents are, stand, are sitting in lines waiting to pick their kids up because uh, the mom or dad's not in their lives no more. Or don't have time for them no more. See, that's what's wrong. We have forgotten what God is. God is love. Not only was He creator of this universe and the creator of mankind and the creator of everything that we're able to see and breathe and hear and taste and smell, everything. Not only is He creator of that, but He's the creator of one thing that a lot of us are unsure about. And that's love. Because that's who God is. When Moses went on a mountain, he didn't see an image of God. He seen a burning bush, didn't he? Because God's Spirit. And because His Spirit, He's love. 
He's something that we can place in our heart every day of our lives. And you know something? That's what makes our lives better as human beings is for the love of God. That's why we can come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and be able to get on one mind and one accord and be there when we've lost a loved one or somebody has a need and we can come together and be there for them. Listen, there's nothing no more important in a Christian's life is to have your Christian brother and sister with you in your time of need. Nothing no more important because in that you see God and you see God because you see the love that's part of that Carolyn they don't come to be with you because they feel like the uh, out of necessity they come because they love you they come because they love you and why is that love there because of God he says <laughs> he says herein is love and not that we love God but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the atonement or propitiation of our sins the atonement, the price that was paid for our generation and past generations and future generations, if, it, if it's God's will, one of these days, that's not ever going, it's going to be able to be said, Brother Dean. There's not going to be no future generations when God sends His Son back to this earth. He said, well, Pastor, how's God going to send His Son? He's going to know. He's going to know. Because the same love that created him is going to be the same God that's going to send him back for us. The song that the kids were singing was, uh, this is not a home for none of us that know the Lord. It's only a resting place. We're only here for a short time, they were singing. And then we're going to go to the grave. But then they talked about how the dead in Christ was going to go up first. And then those that love Christ will follow. They were singing that kids that were, that were from the age of 6 to 16 because they believed that. They were taught that, Brother Clarence, all their lives. They were, that was, that was installed in their lives that to believe that, listen, God is creator of everything. And we need and must give Him praise for all that He means for us because without the love that He put in us, we have love for each other. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also love one another. Pretty simple. If God loves us, if He sent His Son for us to have life through Him, we are to love one another. We should. We fall short of that, I think, sometimes, don't we, church? We do. We fall short today. He says, so no man has seen God at any time. No man has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God dwelleth in us. We may not be able to see God, but let me tell you something, church. We'll see the difference that God makes in your life. We'll see the impact that He makes in our lives as believers in His precious Son. Because if we believe in that, and we live our life through that, and we love one another, you can see what God can do in somebody's life. Somebody that you think would not have a no chance at all of being able to make it in the Christian world. How He can change the lives of anybody that accepts his son as a personal Lord and Savior or whatever or even rededicate their life brother Dean you can see the difference that God makes in their hearts if they only allow God to work through them you can see the difference it'll make a difference in ourselves Tony it'll make us better people 
if, if nothing else, if, if, it, if, best out of, if the worst out of this you get is you become a better person, praise the Lord. That's what, that's what we should take from this. We're becoming better people for people to see. Because I'm telling you, my mamma's over here shaking her head. She can tell you exactly uh, what bad people looks like. If you don't believe me, go walk a day in her shoes in her schools today. And not just Gibbs, go to another school. Go to Carter or, or East Knox or wherever you want to go. Listen, every one of them are doing it. And why is that, Dane? Why, why is it that you think that these kids are so unruly in our schools today? I, I know you know that answer. They don't know who God is. And they don't know who God is because they don't know God is love. And if they don't have the love of God in them and you don't see any fruit that they're bearing or they don't care what's going on or they're not going to get strapped when they get home for misbehaving in school, if none of that is there, if the fear of God is not there as far as side by side with that love, if it's not with these children, they ain't no way they know how to act in school. It's not their, it's not their fault, Mamma. It's not. that We have failed them as a generation and a society and as parents, we have failed them. And we don't need to be passing it off on the grandparents and the way other grandparents have to raise them. No, they ought to have enough sense to know how to raise these kids also. Because it's all about love and love. We are too quick to be friends to our children instead of parents. We, we got messed up. We want to be buddies. We want to be the friend, Brother Clarence. We, we, oh, we don't want to spank these poor little kids. Oh, that don't do no good. That's just making a mark on them that they, when they grow up, they're going, oh, what a horrible life they're going to have. Oh, I can't believe you spanking these poor old kids. Let me tell you something. The spankings I got growing up, we could give all the kids in the world a spanking and still have a few left over for good old Keith. Let me tell you something. Dad did not spar the rod and spoil the child. Amen. He made sure that I knew what discipline was. But also along that way, they took us to church and they made us realize and understand that that was part of our lives. And because of that church, because of the love of God that was in the lives of the people that attended that church meant something to us. It set the foundation of life. And somewhere along the checkout line, when these poor little kids were throwing a fit, we missed the mark. Somewhere. It says, Hereby I know that we are that, that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. Something that I preached on Wednesday night and last Sunday morning, the spirit of God. Listen, without that spirit, we cannot understand who God is. And without that spirit, we don't know what God gives us. Without that spirit, we cannot survive. As children of God, without that spirit, we can't be Christians. We can't be Christians without that spirit. Because that spirit was left especially for all of us today to comfort us in our time of need, to be our comforter when we need it. In 14th verse it says, And we have seen... And do testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. We see it. We believe it. And we testify. That's what makes us 
It's a special night of God. Because we do believe it. Without it, we'll be just like the world. He says, Whosoever shall confess the name of Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him and he in God. So, to wrap this up, it's pretty simple. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, we believe in God. And if we believe in God, we believe that God is love. And we, because of the love of God, He sent His Son to pay the atonement of our sins and we can have life and have it uh, abundantly. We understand why all this is all about. We understand why so special our brothers and sisters in Christ are in our lives. But let me tell you something. When, when you're dealing with a lost and dying world and, and they don't care one thing from another and they don't care to, to, to have God taken out of their marriage vows when they get married because they're afraid it might offend somebody. Or you may take God out of school because you might be afraid it might offend somebody. Or you take God out of the writing of the Constitution of the United States when you take that out of there because it might offend somebody. Or you just take God plumb out of your life, period, and it might offend somebody. Well, church, let me take something. It's time to offend somebody. It's time to make somebody mad. It's time that somebody get mad enough to do something about it because we have not yet got mad enough to do anything about it. We're just so quick to pass it over. Somebody has got to get mad about this because if we're making the world mad because we're telling them about God, well that's just too bad. And that's my take on it. If you don't like it, tell those that's going to listen to you. Because that's where we started backing up. And still going forward. We can't look toward the eastern skies no more because we don't know which direction we're going. I sat down to dock <coughs> yesterday morning and I pulled out my little compass on my phone and Annie was down there with me, was fishing. She'd already caught one I had, so it was getting to be a serious part of this conversation. <laughs> I said, do you know what a compass is, Annie? She said, sure. I thought, sure. I said, yeah. I said, well, it always points you know, true north. And, 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 and when you turn that eye to, to, toward the north, of course, I had to turn around, you know. Uh, and I said, you'll look at where the W and, and an E and a south was on the compass that would tell you which direction that was all about. She said, Papa, I know all about that. I said, well, do you understand what the eastern skies means to us in our lives? She said, yeah, that's when Christ is going to come back. Is that that direction? And I thought, well, I need to shut up. Because <laughs> she could probably teach her more, teach me more than I could teach her here this morning. She's already taught me how to fish, so I don't need to teach her anything else. Because she was already infringing in my professionalism of showing how to catch fish and not to catch fish. So she was already beating me about that, so I didn't need to be making myself look like a fool in her eyes. Our children are precious in His sight. Just as much as our children are precious to us in our sight. But the only difference between God's children and our children is God is love. And we love our children because of God. If we can apply that to our lives, oh, what a better people we'd be today. Let's stand if we would.
knowing that God is love, sets the basis and the foundation of what God can do for each and every one of us in our lives. Christ told Peter that you're my rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. That's how important it was that Peter was to Christ. Now, grant you, he loved John more than the most of them because he asked John to take care of his mother. But Peter was his rock. What he was going to build this church on. I grant you, like the house I was raised in and probably most of you are raised in and this church sits on today, what's it set on? It's set on rock. I guarantee you if, you, if you've got enough nerve to crawl up and under this church like I did a few years ago, you'll see this church sits on a rock. Just like the house that I was raised in sits on a rock. And it was set on that rock for a very reason. Because it's firm and it's strong and it'll never deteriorate as long as you can protect it from weather. As long as it's there, the church shall stand just like Peter stood for Christ when it comes the day of atonement. Just like God will stand for all of us in our everyday walk of life. Yeah.